Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We are here together today with Jack Hibbs, who is the founder and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And Jack, we've had you here before, but we're glad to have you back. And you had some strong words today for the audience at the Proximity Bible Conference. Talk a little bit about what you shared today. Yeah, exactly right. What we're seeing is something that we as Bible believers should not be surprised about. We love to pray. We love to read our word. We love to see God move. The stress that I wanted to put forth today is the fact that God's moving. Are we recognizing that God is moving in our government? He's used an unlikely creature, an unlikely human, a a man that was not uh, slated to even win the presidency. We didn't see it coming. President Donald Trump has made decision policies, has taken action uh, for pro-life, for Israel, for religious freedoms, for uh, so many other, the defense of family. I could go on and on to the point where... uh, He has not only kept his promises, but he's exceeded his promises. And why do I bring that up at a Bible prophecy conference? Because I believe that if we are truly going to adhere to the Word of God, it is that we are to be busy about our Father's business. That was my big push. We have an open door right now where our government is saying, exercise your religious freedoms. Go ahead. I had the opportunity to have President Trump say to myself and about 15 other guys in a room, and I'm quoting now, just give your people that book and they'll do just fine. They'll know what to do. An exhortation from a president of the United States. This is unheard of. And so that was my stress to the people is, do we need a president to encourage us to do this? No, we should be doing the will of God in the earth anyway. But we do have that exhortation. My hope is that every Christian would really take the time that they have and see to it that they invested in the kingdom of God's efforts. That we would not be content to be engineers or scientists or school teachers or bus drivers, but we would only find our contentment in doing the will of God in our lives at this time. We have a little moment, and it's important to me, to us, that we fulfill the great call that's upon the church and upon the believer. Right. Well, you serve in California, a state that's not known as being a hotbed of conservatism. What is that like being a pastor standing for conservative Christian values, for life, for family? And what is different about it? How are you seeing God at work? <laughs> it's absolutely thrilling. In fact, I'm so glad you asked that because last Wednesday we were up testifying in Sacramento against the uh, comprehensive California yes. sex education, which is absolutely state-sanctioned pornography from K to 12. And so we were up there fighting and it was very contentious and very, uh, I tell you what, it was a collision of light and darkness. I can tell you that. And so you asked about being a pastor in California. I am so happy. I don't know if I could be a pastor (laughs) in some other state because every day you wake up to your, your dynamic of the Holy Spirit's will for your life here in California. Uh, look, we're not in heaven yet even though we're down the street from Disneyland, you know? Right. No, we're not there yet. Heaven's coming, and uh, for now we fight for righteousness' sake. We stand for what's right. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. The disciples, they went out doing good. That word is righteousness. 
We need to get back to righteousness. And then if you remember in the message, I stressed this, which you could hear the room kind of go silent. Everybody is talking about revival. It seems to be vogue to speak about revival. And I said to the people today, there will not be revival. If I understand my Bible correctly, we cannot have revival unless we repent as believers and do the right thing, which is righteousness. When we decide to do righteousness, God will pour out his Holy Spirit and he'll move. And this is the moment where we're at as a church and as a nation. God has brought to us this president who has surrounded himself with born-again believers who I've had a chance to sit with numerous times, pray with numerous times. The real deal, why did God do this? Why is it the way that it is right now? Why do we have a president that said, I will not enforce the Johnson Amendment, which is the amendment that muzzles pastors, right? He says, go for it, guys. Go for it. And so that's my challenge to all pastors, pulpits, and Christians. Will you go for it? Because hasn't God been saying all along to go for it? Oh, that is so good. We, in the moments when things seem darkest, that's when the light is the most visible. And in a place like California or in the midst of a Congress that's controlled by senseless nonsense. um, (laughs) Is that even a concept? I don't know. I understood you perfectly. Yes. (laughs) That's when Christians should shine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a golden moment. Right. Well, now you're to the point where you're talking about this idea of evangelicals for Trump, and people are looking at that saying, Jack, what is this? How are you involved in this? Tell us a little bit about the story. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I got a phone call from uh, a representative, um, not, a, not a congressional representative, but uh, someone who's in the Trump team of advisors and said, hey, are you interested in what the president has asked for? And it is this. The president has asked for a coalition of pastors, your name came up because you're kind of known for engaging the culture, and would you like to serve on this uh, faith initiative team? And I said, I would would be honored. Some go to war, right? Some go to sea. This is an opportunity for me to serve my country. And so I have to tell you that in those meetings and in those gatherings, I have been more than impressed uh, for this reason. I don't know exactly where Donald Trump himself, his faith is at. He has heard the gospel. He believes in God, 100%. Is he born again? I don't know. But I know this. All of our gatherings have been biblically based. Several meetings have hosted a Bible study. Uh, There's been a couple of cabinet members who have given those Bible studies. And I look at it this way. If it was the time of Ezekiel or Isaiah or Jeremiah, If a Christian was given an opportunity to speak into the ear or into the life of a king, would the Christian seize that opportunity? In other words, I could not take that opportunity and bury it in the ground and then stand before the Lord someday and try to explain to him why I buried my talent instead of investing it. God opened the door. I prayed about it. I said yes. In the presence of leaders in our halls of power, it's amazing that I get to say this, but there are people in power who want to know what the Bible has to say. And I'm delighted. I could not live the rest of my life if I would have said no to such a remarkable moment. 
for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Yes, when we come back on A View From The Wall, we'll talk more about this, so stick with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Do you study the Word of God? It's a discipline God appreciates and expects to see in His people. In the book of Acts, believers in the early church were commended because they studied the Scriptures daily. When you hunger for God's Word, you will find wisdom, insight, and blessing. In fact, a hunger for the Word is an evidence of true faith in Christ. The I'm a Watchman ministry exists to inspire, encourage, and equip believers. The I'm a Watchman ministry offers free resources designed to help you learn who Jesus is, what He has done, and what He is about to do. There are articles, ebooks, teaching kits, videos, and more. Don't be content with a basic knowledge of God and spiritual things. Dig deep, for that's where the treasure is. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We've been talking with Jack Hibbs. What are some of the things that you're hearing from people as you talk about some of the issues that are going on politically today? What are some of the challenges that people are facing? Yeah, the number one thing that we're hearing is people, this is good, hear me out, are people saying, how did this happen? For example, how did we get so messed up with our taxes? How did we get to this uh, comprehensive sex education issue? And how is it that I'm now paying uh, for the, the homeless encampments with my taxes and things right. like that? And so this is actually a, a, a good thing. It's a good thing because people are waking up and they're now asking, what can I do? Right. So as Christians, we actually hear sermons all the time. We can even quote the Sermon on the Mount regarding being salt and light, but rarely do we stop and ask, how do we do that? How do we become the salt and the light that Jesus expects us to be? And this is exactly how. Engage the culture, shine the light of truth. And I'm not talking about, you know, running for city council and jumping on the desk and preaching. I'm talking about really taking your biblical worldview and exercising that in the areas of influence where God has placed you. That is key. Could you get involved in PTA or the school board or run for mayor? Absolutely. The problem is earlier on, we as a culture, at least in Southern California, kind of hid behind the word uh, this way. Well, pastor, uh, we just preach the Bible. That's, we, we preach the word. Of course we preach the word. But if you read the book of James, he really says, after you're done preaching it, you ought to go out and do it. Right. And that's what we're all about. It, we have a lot of theologians in Southern California, but not many doers. But I, I'm very optimistic that that's turning around. People are wanting to shine the light and be the salt. And something that I'm working through, I'm sharing it as it, the Lord prompts it on my heart. But my struggle right now is to stand for truth, to speak it in love, and to work this out. And that is, Jesus said, don't be surprised when they hate you. They hated me first. And so am I willing as a 21st century Christian to obey him and speak the word in truth, in love, and be hated by some, loved by others? If I'm really walking with Jesus like he did, there were people who loved him, 
people who hated him. And that is a very unpopular thought, but it is pure, basic, one-on-one discipleship. And I'm afraid that we have fallen in love with the concept of the world loving us. We've got to break that bondage of the fear of man and to know in reality that someday we will stand before the Lord for his approval. And the fear of man's a snare. And so we're very serious about that, very committed and encouraged because we've read the back of the book and we know how this turns out. Right. Well, you've been leading the charge here in California and even nationally to challenge Christians to step up and to live out their faith in the political arena and their communities. But it's an uphill battle. We see a lot of people who despair and say, should I move somewhere else? Should I go somewhere that it's easier? And that even came up today at the conference. How do you respond to people who are taking that attitude and question, should I get involved in the fight or should I go move to some other location where it could be more convenient? Great question. I'm, I'm almost going to sound like a politician right now. When, <laughs> last Sunday, I met a couple at church, beautiful young couple, uh, tears in their eyes, holding their uh, two babies. Uh, you know, we you know we have a large church, so this is how it played out. They said, Pastor Jack, we moved away last year. We moved out of California because it's crazy. We moved to Tennessee, and in the city and the county in which we moved in. There's a lot of churches, but few of them, if any, are teaching the Word of God. So we can't find a church. Then the next thing we found out is that the local town that we're in is starting to teach this radical sex education to the kids. These are the reasons why we fled California. But now we're in a desert because we sold our home. We can't come back here financially. It's impossible for us to rebuy a house in Southern California Now we're in Tennessee with the same doctrines that are coming from the government that are here, but we have no church. And so they were just undone. My my argument is this. We're not in heaven yet. We need to embrace the reality, the fact that we are to fight where God has put us for righteousness. We need to do the right thing. Don't expect somebody else to do it. Quite frankly, don't expect your pastor to do it. You need to get involved. You you will not go into heaven on someone else's coattails. You've got to obey the Lord. And you can, look, I understand the emotion. I've got grandkids too. And I know this though. If they ran to Idaho, years I was rooting for Idaho. And now we hear things coming out of Idaho that is mirroring California's conduct. On and on you can go. So what do we do? I believe until God literally moves us out by whatever means necessary, we stand and do the right thing. That's called righteousness. We do righteousness until he gives us the other orders, whatever they may be. That is probably the best definition of occupy that I've ever heard. Occupy till I come. We hope you've been enjoying our conversation with Jack Hibbs. His website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Again, that's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. My honor. Thanks. Be right back with more on A View from the Wall.
A view from the wall comes from I Am A Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose, and at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well, so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes He will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. Welcome back to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We've been talking with Jack Hibbs, who has challenged believers, challenged pastors, challenged leaders, whoever you are, wherever you are, to step up and to do something to act on behalf of our nation. This begins in our own hearts. Talk a little bit about what it takes to get involved in what God is doing in our society today. Well, Pastor Jack set the bar very high, and there are people listening who are thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to get invited to Washington, and I'm not going to get to sit in the room with the president, and I, I, what, what can I do? There's a very short list, and we do have those responsibilities. The Bible is very clear what they are as Christians. God sets up authority, and God takes it down. And as Christians, we are told very clearly to pray for those in power. We are told to engage in society. It's a New Testament principle that Paul and Peter and others made very clear that they engaged the governmental authorities. They stood before them. They contested laws. When Paul was arrested, made the case, I am a Roman citizen. I have rights. As Americans, we have certain rights, and with those rights come responsibilities. And one of the most important ones that we have coming up in this year is to vote. We have that moment, that that little glimmer of opportunity and we need to take full advantage of that and go with what God tells you to do. Right. And again, if you look at scripture, we want to be biblical in what we're talking about, but it starts with prayer. That's the first application. First Timothy two begins with this emphasis on first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. If you take a moment and think about that, we are called to pray for our governing leaders. doesn't matter what their party is or their background is or their actions are. And the goal of that is that it pleases God who wants all people to be saved. This is the starting point. If you don't like the person in power in your state or in your nation or in your community, pray. Pray for God's blessing upon that person. A second way you can get involved is what Joe has mentioned, that we participate in the voting process. In the United States, we have the opportunity to choose our governing leaders. Not every country has that. As long as we have that, uh, there's a compelling reason for us to get out the door, to vote our values, and do all we can to participate on the positive side that God has given us in the political process. But in addition to praying and voting, what are some ways, Joe, that we can get involved in living out our faith in a society where godly values aren't always on display? Well, one thing we obviously have to be unafraid to challenge the status quo. 
the message of the cross and the message of salvation and the message of the Bible, truth, honesty, righteous living, standing up for what the Bible says is true. Those are not popular, but they are not things that change. Pastor Jack talked about several issues that are big subject and headlines in California, and that's happening all across the country. So we have an obligation as Christians to stand for what we know the Bible teaches, whether that's popular, whether that is uh, what's being taught or embraced in your university, if you're a college student, if that's what's being chanted in the streets, it doesn't matter. Stand for what the Bible says, because that is unchanging. And more importantly, that's what God promised to bless. I want to be on that side whether it's popular and and embraced by the rest of society or not, that's where I want to be at. Right, and I think Paul echoes that in Romans 1.16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. This is our calling. Uh, we pray, whether it's for governing leaders or for anyone. Uh, also, we participate in the voting process, but we also proclaim the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for me, one of the greatest benefits of studying Bible prophecy is that it excites me even more to go out and tell other people about Jesus, because one, we know he's coming back soon, but also when we see all of these promises that have been fulfilled in the past and are becoming fulfilled even in our day today, it gets me to the point that I want to make sure other people are aware of it so they can make decisions that will help them spiritually as well. We're here to influence society, and we don't need to apologize for that. The fact that we're influencing them with a message that doesn't mesh with what's being taught elsewhere, you know what? Christianity has been the minority in most cases, and the cases where we were endorsed by the government didn't always turn out in our favor. So I'm not afraid to be a part of the remnant. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Doesn't mean we run and hide. Occupy till he comes doesn't mean run and hide and do nothing. It's an action verb in the Greek. So occupy is something that we're supposed to do. But yes, we have an active role to play, and that is to be salt and light in our communities. I know that uh, Pastor Jack has made the challenge to all of us to participate in what's going on in our society today. And we want to encourage you to do that in whatever state you live in, whatever uh, situation you live in, family-wise, or in your job, or in your education, that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And you mentioned earlier, Joe, this idea of you were raised up for such a time as this. Talk a little bit about where that comes from in the Bible and why that's such an important principle for our lives today. Well, that's the story of Esther. And she was just a Hebrew girl going about her responsibilities to her family, but was thrust into a position of authority and importance and brought into the king's palace and became queen at a time when her nation was under attack. And the story of Haman and all of the parts of that, you really need to read the book. And I would encourage people to do that. But her uncle Mordecai told her, this is what you're supposed to do. And the king may or may not agree with it, but you're supposed to do this because God put you in this place for this time. And when you stand before the king, he, he may say, no, I'm not going to do what you say, or he may go along with what you say. But either way, you're responsible for this moment in time. And each of us have been given that kind of a moment, whether it's us on the radio doing what we're doing, or whether that's that mom that is running a daycare in her home, pouring into those kids that come into her home every day. It doesn't matter what it is that God's given you an opportunity to do. It is a, for such a time as this moment. And we've been given that season 
that stay of execution, if you want to put it in those terms. Like Pastor Jack said, we have a moment, a window of opportunity. We need to do everything with it that we can. Yes, and that's from Esther 4, verse 14, that story of maybe God has put you in that place for such a time as this. If you haven't read that story, I encourage you to do so, because as Joe said, that story of Esther, who was in a place of influence, but she risked her life in a way that where she put everything on the line, not knowing what the outcome would be. And you think anti-Semitism is difficult in our time today. She was in a situation where the entire Jewish people could have been wiped out if she had not stood up and done something about it. And God has put you in a place where what you do is critical to the outcome of certain spiritual battles in our lives today. Please do not underestimate what God has called you to do and the impact that you can have. A couple of things that we consider as we continue our discussion today is the impact that you can have no matter who you are or where you are or what your situation is. There's a story in the New Testament where Jesus has been anointed by a woman who has brought a special jar of perfume. And people complained and said, you know, that money could have been used from selling that perfume to help a lot of poor people. And what did Jesus say to her? Do you remember that, Joe? You always have the poor people with you. You only have me for a moment. Yes. Talks about that idea that she did what she could. And I think of that often when I feel like my resources are limited or I can't have the impact that I wish I could, that this concept that Jesus gave, that she did what she could. And because of that, her message is proclaimed still today, 2,000 years later. You may think that what you do is not real significant sometimes. It matters. It matters to God. It matters to those around you. And who knows what impact you can have for eternity. Well, I want to continue our discussion as we talk today to look at one other biblical character, the character of Daniel. This is a significant person in Jewish history and Bible prophecy. We talk about Daniel often, but when you talk about Daniel and the political situation of his day, it was certainly not an easy situation. He went through several kingdoms or administrations, you could say, and you think of some of the battles he faced. What were some of those, Joe? Oh, administrations. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) I'm sure that's the way Daniel thought of it. I'm just changing administrations. They're not really trying to kill me and throw me to the lions. It's just an administration change. That's all it is. I just have to wait for the election. No, it wasn't like that at all. Thankfully, we aren't facing that. But uh, it went from advisor to the king to breakfast for the lions. That's a pretty bad career path, all things considered. But God had a purpose for Daniel and a plan for the message that he was going to write, which still impacts and is part of Bible prophecy. All he had to do was be faithful one moment at a time in the place that God put him. And for Daniel, it was being faithful to pray in a window. That was what he was told to do. God didn't tell him, I want you to stand in the lion's den and, and, or I want you to go stand in the furnace and be faithful. No, he just said, be faithful in this one thing, interpret the dream stand before the king, pray in the window. We can live up to those standards. God's not asking for superstars to do um, you know, this thing that nobody in the whole world could do. He's asking you to do the one thing that he's given you, one assignment, one seed to sow, one word to speak to one person that may change the whole world. That's so well said. And you may be uh, listening today and wondering God's role for you. Know that God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you. And just like the people of old throughout the scriptures, your part is significant and will have eternal impact. So stand strong. As Pastor Jack said, 
be willing to get involved and do the hard things and watch God work in supernatural ways. Thanks for being here with us on A View from the Wall. Look forward to meeting with you next time. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.